We're not safe for work today, y'all. Not today. Not at all. We're not safe for work today. Uh uh. Let's go. Hey. Hey. Bitch, I'm lit up. Niggas talk about me like I'm really gonna give up. Niggas talk about me like I'm really gonna give up. Shane, I'm lit up. Lit up. Bitch, I'm lit up. Nick, I'm lit up. Bitch, I'm lit up. Niggas talk about me like I'm really gonna give up. Niggas talk about me like I'm really gonna give up. These days, these niggas, these days. I sell more cut than a DJ. Always in the game, nigga. EA. Run this motherfucker like a relay. Bitch, I'm good. Bitch, I'm nice. Young goon, young goon. You should say that twice. I got a Chinese connect, nigga. Shrimp fat rice. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, man, I had to have to air that out on y'all for a minute. That's my man, Young Goon. This song is called All Lit Up. It's on every platform. He's an artist on my man's record label, New Jack City Music. So if you want to get that, it's on Spotify, Tidal, iTunes. Everywhere you can buy your shit, that's where it's at. And the song is called All Lit Up. I've been meaning to play that for a minute, but I had to reach out, you know, and get the permission. We all lit up out here, man. I just wanted to let y'all know I'm over a thousand downloads. I wish I had a thousand subscribers, but maybe that'll come soon. But I'm over, I'm at like 1,200 and some change on the downloads. So I really appreciate y'all looking out and helping the kid out. There's been five downloaded in March, and it's like the third or the, or the fourth of the month. And I haven't pushed it out yet this month. So I think I'm doing right. Anyway, once again, thank everybody involved. That's, once again, Young Goon. The song is called All Lit Up. He spells his name crazy, but that's my man. So it's Y-U-N-G. G-U-N-E. It's weird, but that's my man, Young Goon, all it up. Go get that. Back to your regularly scheduled podcast activities. Another day. All right, let's ride. Hello, my loves. <laughs> I'm just playing. I can't do that to y'all. But yo, what up? Welcome to the No Playing This Rob podcast. Welcome back. If you've been listening, welcome. If you're a new listener, I'm the Kid Blackout, and this is my podcast show I do. I will say it feels good to be back, man. I, was, I wasn't I was like a hiatus. I didn't go no damn where, but I'm back on my normal schedule, my normal routine. For anybody that's an avid listener to the show, I had a mic. They know I had a microphone issue and had to go through my phone, and I didn't like using the app. It just wasn't the same. So I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Zoom. Zoom, I don't know if anybody out there listens to podcasts and does videos or anything, but Zoom, in my opinion, is a great company. 
they make a lot of products, a, a bunch of different microphones or digital audio recorders or whatever you want to call it. I'm not too savvy about it, but they make a bunch of devices. And you can, they have some, I think, shotgun mics and some other shit. All I know is you can hook it up to a camera, even iPhone, and you can record, and you got video, you got dope audio sound. The model I'm using is a Zoom H1. I think it's fan-fucking-tastic. I had an issue where mine all of a sudden stopped working. I got in contact with the company. It's actually a Japanese company, but they have a North American office. I got in contact with them and went through one of their, because I went through some some shop they have online that sells their stuff in the States. Went through them, got it back. All in all, I got a brand new recorder uh, free. So shout out to the Zoom company for that. And shout out to the, the website I got it from. It's called Zounds, Z-Z-O-U-N-D-S. Like you spell sounds with, with two Zs. Dope company. I appreciate them giving my shit back for free after theirs didn't work. So good luck to them, man. And uh, yeah, we got a, uh, I got a few stories, a few news stories, not a lot of sports. But uh, that Monique thing, I'm going to definitely get into that. Then I got a question for y'all at the end. And I was going to do an album review, but I think I'm going to save it. There's a certain album with a certain lap about a certain victory that I'm going to talk about on my next one. And there's a certain podcast I'm going to talk about. I'm going to give y'all reviews on the next episode. Because if not, this episode will be too long. And I don't want to do that to y'all and have y'all listening to all that. Because I feel like I'm going to talk a lot. So buckle your punk ass up. But anyway... I owe somebody something. Uh, my man, one of my homies hit me up and told me his wife may be interested in doing a podcast and asked me if I had any advice. Now, what I would initially tell somebody is that you have to make sure it's something you want to do, and the best advice I can give you is to listen to other podcasts. You'll get a lot of great advice as far as who you should host your podcast through, um, how you should target your audience, and then even logo design. I know for me, when I, I went to this uh, website called Fiverr, they even have an app for it if you have an iPhone, but it's called Fiverr, and I went there and I basically contacted like a freelance artist, graphic designer, and told him my idea for a logo, and he got back to me within a couple of days, and boom, I got a logo. I decided I wanted intro music, and I went to a website called Audio Jungle, and I found intro music. So it's all out there. There's a bunch of freelance artists that put stuff out on these websites so that somebody so they can work directly with the consumer now i think it's dope some people may complain they're getting lowball but then again i don't control that game but if you need a logo i would say i would suggest using fiverr i like how they i think their interface is user friendly and i like the way audio jungle is set up how you can just search for whatever type of music you want to be intro music there's a bunch of other stuff they do on audio jungle i think fiverr is for just like graphic design for like album covers and shit like that that's, that's where I would, that's one of the places I would start. The The number one thing I would say, though, is make sure you have a schedule. Make sure you can fit it in your schedule. Be ready to commit to it because it's a long-term thing. At least that's what I've been told. Like, I'm not some greatly overly successful podcast person. I just do it because I like it. And I've heard back from a few people that say they dig in what I'm doing. And that's giving me the energy to go forward and keep on doing this shit. So I would decide what you want your podcast to look like in terms of your logo what do you what you want it to sound like if you want intro music or you want somebody to do voiceover for you but most importantly is your schedule and what you want to talk about that's another big thing you gotta they say you need to have an avatar i personally don't have an avatar and when i say that i mean an ideal listener whoever the audience you really want to connect with whether it be a certain gender a certain age range maybe it's a certain race religion whatever 
If you like to knit, how do you target people who knit? If you like music, music. Me, I like everyday shit that goes on the black in the black community. So that's who I'm targeting. People who want to hear that. Or just my thoughts on whatever's going on out in the world. If you're interested in hearing a sprinkling of sports, music, news, a little dash of politics, and just some overall opinions from an angry black person, I'm where you need to be. If you stuck in traffic like I get stuck in traffic, this is where you need to be. If you got friends that are stuck in traffic, this is where they need to be. Right here with your boy. Let's be angry together. And let my frustration float through your speakers, your headphones, or whatever you, you got going on. And we can, you know, we can get through this together, man. No playing this ride. Come with me, man. We can do this. But, yeah, if you need uh, any other information on a podcast, I would say go to, when you go to iTunes, if you have Apple, if I mean, if you have an iPhone, I would go to the iTunes link, the, I mean, the podcast link. And inside that um, app, there's a, um, a library or a collection. By far, there's collections of different podcasts you can choose from. And inside there... They have a section that's about podcasting. So it gives you all the podcasts that tell you what you need to do, how to set it up, all the hosting services, whether you use SoundCloud, whether you use, you use uh, Libsyn like me, whether you use uh, Sprecher. There's a few of them out there that are pretty popular among people who do podcasts. Or if you find even a new one, they even have that Anchor app where you can talk directly into your phone. I personally, I like Libsyn. I like the way they set up for me. It's simple. I like their payment plans. I like the fact that I can hit one button and it's published to like 15 different sites, whether it's Tumblr, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. There's one that goes to my Twitter. And then they get they make you like a website. So, you know, obviously it goes to the Libsyn website. You, they make you like a little website offshoot of theirs. And it can be hosted there. And they even have plugins if you want to drop it on a website. Like I dropped mine on my homeboy's website. So that when people go to his website, they see my player down there. So it's just about, you know, you're doing the research, figuring out what you want to do, and you should be on your way. It's not, it doesn't cost that much money depending on where you record. For me, it's cheap because I'm in the car, but if you want to try to get to a studio, then maybe something you have to work out, or if you have a home studio, you might be set. Just make sure you don't break your neck trying to get equipment. I would say the, the best thing to do is start. If you gain some type of audience, you'll improve your setup in time, and they'll ride with you. Or you may just be a bum like me and keep your same raggedy shit. Who knows? But the people that listen really want to be there, and they'll appreciate your growth. At least that's what I'm banking on. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that people appreciate my, my growth. I'm a stutter. You're going to hear my lip smacking and shit when I'm talking. I use a lot of profanity. I'm trying to not use the same words over and over again, but I'm human. But for right now, a few people are ride with me, so... I got to keep doing what I'm doing, and I encourage you if you want to start, to start there. Know yourself, know your audience, know what you want to talk about, know what you want it to look and sound like, and you should be fine. So if you got anybody got questions, you can hit me at noplayingthisride at gmail.com, or you can hit me on Twitter at noplay247, that's capital N, lowercase o, capital P, L-A-Y. Boom, you can hit me there if you have any more questions about starting your own podcast. Hopefully I covered that with enough uh, detail for you guys out there. All right, so in the news, what I got for you guys, a couple of interesting stories that um, my wife, you know, picked out for me. She'll always catch stuff that I don't see, and she'll put me on game. I guess she's like a executive contributor to the podcast. 
like I, it's not like I got a ghostwriter to this shit, but she does help me out and gives me um a lot of input on things I should talk about. She often critiques me about things I've said. So shout out to you, baby. Thank you for helping me out. Appreciate all you do for the show. All right, so the first story I got for you is uh, there was a high-speed chase in Southern California. I know, big deal, right? But it was interesting because this, when this was caught on video, this guy, slammed it, he almost slammed into this lady, but he snatched her out of her car, like aggressively snatched her out of her car. The crazy thing is this lady's brother was in the car right behind that guy. So he jumps out, and he tries to get the guy out. I think he swung on the guy like maybe once or twice, but the guy ended up getting away. Now, this jackass still ended up getting caught, and he got out. He jumped out her car after running to some other car, and he decided he's going to go out on foot. Man, the police put the dog on his ass so fast, it was it was crazy. But, yeah, he got snatched up, and hopefully he does a long time in jail because that's something I, I, I have no, no sympathy for people like that. You broke the law, okay, cool, handle your business, deal with your debt in society. But once you start endangering other people on the road, my lack of sympathy for you is going to be severe. Like, I, I really don't care what police do to you when you decided to, you know, basically weaponize a car and uh, drive against traffic and shit like that. You endanger other people because of your own personal bullshit. Take responsibility for what you did and don't put other people in fucked up situations because you're a coward. So I hope that dog bit him the fuck up. Another terrible news, there was a man in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and apparently this cat is notorious for um, streaming live videos of suspicious activity. And I guess he made some folks mad because unfortunately this man was killed. He was on the way back from the police station over a, a missing cell phone or something. And he was on his Facebook Live. And he had one of those selfie sticks. I guess he's walking recording. And while he was recording his Facebook Live, somebody came up and killed him. Now, I, like I say, the internet is a safe space for some, but not for others. And I know in this man's heart, he felt like he was doing right. But once you do stuff like that, you put yourself in a certain position where you're a target. And from what the report says, this was an area where there was, where there was suspected drug dealing going on. As any person with common sense knows, a lot of times when there's low-level drug dealing going on, you have high-level crime. And with him being out there with that camera reporting shit, he was fucking with somebody's money. Now, I'm not justifying what he did at all. I mean, I'm not justifying what was done to him at all. It's just that if you decide to play that game, unfortunately, those are consequences that may come your way. Because these people are criminals. These crim these people are breaking the law. So they're going to do what they think is best to not get caught. Oddly enough, what was done was ridiculously stupid, and they only made themselves more hot. So they ha they do have a, um, a person of interest, as, I, as far as I know, Nobody's been captured, but I hope they take care of that business because that was some bullshit, man. That's, it's unfortunate that that happened to that man. He was just out there trying to do the right thing, and a coward came up and took his life, man. That, that's crazy. Hopefully he gets caught, man. We need those type of people off the streets. And then political news, your boy, the man Donnie T, had a few hot takes this week. I don't know if it's left over from last week, but he had like two or three where he was just saying stuff that, you know, could be – considered off the wall and the one thing he said was he would have he thought he may have run into the school he was referring to the police officer who acted as a coward and stayed outside the school 
And, I mean, I get he doesn't want to run in there during chaos and everything, but, brother, you took an oath. And then your oath is to protect the people, most importantly, our children, our babies. So, at this point, in the way my brain works, you got to take that out. You, you have to run into that school. And I understand the, the thought process of taking up a defensive position. But as a, a police officer, an officer of the law, your goal should be to protect life. And there was somebody inside that school taking life, and you did not go in there. So in my book, that man's a coward. But what this guy said, the you know, 45, was crazy, that you would have run in there without without a gun. I mean, to me, to say that is crazy. But I don't know. Maybe he was thinking about it and was overcome with emotion at the thought of children being hurt. I'm not going to go in on him like that because maybe it's just emotion. Maybe he would have done that. I don't think it would have been in his best interest. He's an older man, no weapon, big target. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought it was wild that he said that. And he also, I think he doubled down on teachers having guns in the classroom. I'm wholeheartedly against that. I don't trust the teacher to react the proper way against somebody with a plan because they, they're focused on their lesson plan. Their focus is not and should not be on deterring an armed shooter coming into a school. I don't think there's funding for that one. And then what? when are you going to train these teachers? On weekends, when they're grading papers, on in the summertime, when they're with families? When are they supposed to, uh, you know, achieve whatever certification that we need to carry that firearm in school. I just don't see it. Then the, the money thing. Now, I could see if they was like, hey, we're going to start a national school security task force where there's like a couple armed people walking around the school to support the resource officer. I'm not saying you got to have a whole platoon of guys, but if you have a couple men and women who who are their, their own like separate uniform service or a different off, or offshoot or a section of the police force that come together. I don't give a damn if it's on a watch rotation. Just a special task force just for that. You could raise my taxes for that. I'm okay with that. I know schools go through a few different things to make sure they're secure, but obviously it's not working. I know I know it's more at the middle school, high school level, but I'm not opposed to you raising my tax dollars to go overboard on security for our children. As long as people are trained properly and they're properly manned, that's something I can support. Because I don't even know what the situation would be if the teacher had a gun in the classroom. Like, are they going to have it on their person? Is it going to be in the lockbox? One thing for me, if it's on their person, and they're like, say it's like a, uh, a more senior individual, some of these middle school and high school kids are big. Like, say they put hands on their teacher and take that gun. Now you have an angry kid with a gun. Or they're going to put the gun in a lockbox somewhere in the classroom. What if somebody gets the key? What if that teacher can't react in enough time to get that firearm? To me, it just is it's too many variables, too many questions. I would rather have somebody that's their sole job. I don't care if they if they never encounter a school shooter. I don't care. The fact is that there'd be a deterrent. That's being proactive. Arming a teacher and expecting them to shoot down an armed assailant with a plan. That's being reactive. I would rather spend the tax dollars on being proactive and, and establishing some type of school security detail than compounding the teacher's burden 
with them being first having to teach the kids, nurture the kids, and then them having to keep the kids safe. No, I want my educators to focus on educating. That's just how I feel. I mean, that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's just the way I feel about the situation. And then there was the thing he said about them raising the, the age to 21 to buy a certain assault-style rifles, which I'm cool with. Maybe three years of maturity may make a difference. Maybe not. My thing is that the gun culture is alive and well in this country. And I know, for me, I'm tired of people dying. And I'm not just talking about school shootings like that. I'm talking about everyday gun violence. I hate to reference Chicago. I hate to reference L.A. Well, let's talk about New Orleans, Detroit, anywhere there's a, a bigger population and the drug trade is big, like Miami, Houston, there's going to be people who are trying to get weapons. My thing is, everybody wants to focus on the low-level criminal. It's the same thing with drug dealers. Everybody wants to focus on the low-level criminal. But my thing is, why not focus on the level above that? These people are getting these guns from somewhere. And for me, that's the issue. There's going to be way more guns put out illegally into the urban environment than there's going to be one random kid buying it and planning to shoot up a school. So if you want to raise the age, okay, cool. That's great. Somebody at the age of 21 years old might be a little bit more worried about what they're doing. But the focus and the highlight for me needs to be on these weapons traffickers. Because these are the guys, these are these are the criminals, these are the big fish. They may not be the one pulling the trigger, but they're definitely the ones supplying these people. So if we could somehow figure out a way to slow that down, that, in my opinion, would be fucking awesome. And I think that's where we should start with that. That's my personal opinion, take it or leave it, but it's how I feel, man. So I think that's all I got for news for you guys. Oh, I do have some sport news. It's a, I don't have a lot of sports, but I do have a little bit of sports news. There was a kid at uh, Iowa University, basketball player, and apparently he's, he's a good player. This guy was on his way to breaking the free throw record. And I think the consecutive amount made was 34. And he was at the line and he made his 33rd free throw. But when it came for his 34th free throw, he missed it on purpose. And the reason he missed that free throw was because there was a legend who went to Iowa who had that record. And this man had passed away. So in order to pre preserve that man's legacy, he decided to miss that. And I think that says a lot about that man's character. He was on a, he was on the way to, you know, being a legend in his own right. But he sacrificed the stat for his morality, which I think is fantastic. It says a lot about that man's character. And to me, I think he made himself a legend in his own right. Like, that's, a, that's, that's humility, to be able to turn down breaking the record in order to preserve, preserve somebody else's legacy that passed away. And I believe some of that man's family members were there at the game, and I think that probably meant a lot to him. So shout out to that kid. I forgot his name, but he plays for Iowa, and they, had just, they beat Northwestern anyway. So if you want to look up the game, go look that up. A lot of character. Hopefully that plays that pays off for him when the draft goes around. I don't know how good he is, but I know his name is definitely out there now, and I believe coaches are always looking for cats with good character that can hit free throws. Can't hurt to have those guys on the team. Also in sports, uh, there's rumors of LeBron going everywhere in the league. 
the 76ers were trying to recruit him. They they want him in L.A. Listen, man, LeBron James is going to do what the fuck Le- LeBron James wants to do. I couldn't foresee him going anywhere. It wouldn't make sense to me. I think he's the type of talent that people will come to. I don't think he would have to move. I know the rumors are him going to L.A. because they're saying he wants to do in L.A. Maybe he wants to get into production of film. Shout out to Kobe Bryant, who won the Oscar, by the way. I just don't see the move in the East. He has an almost guaranteed path to the East. Maybe not this season, but definitely next season if they get a decent free agent to come in there. But once the Cavs get all the juices flowing, they get everybody. I don't know if Kevin Love's back, but once they get everybody back and everybody gets comfortable with the system, all the new guys, they got Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, the Rodney Hood, once they get comfortable and they get grooving, they're going to be hard to beat because Boston is dope. Philly is dope. Toronto's dope. But Cleveland has LeBron. And LeBron has veterans on the team. I know Boston has some veterans, but they got some young guys too. And they made it far last year, but Cleveland's hungry to get back. It's going to be interesting to see. I, that's my pick for the Eastern Conference Championship. And it, I don't, it's a toss-up in the West. It's going to be it's going to be Golden State and somebody. I don't know if that's going to be the Rockets or I don't know if it's going to be OKC, but that's my pick for the East is Cleveland and Boston doing it again. I would be shocked if anything else happened, but I think Cleveland's going to go end up going back to the finals because they got that guy. They got LeBron, and he has role players around him now. He has a scorer off the bench in Jordan Clarkson. He has a point guard who's going to space, who's going to pass and shoot and get out the way in George Hill. He has another athletic rebounder, um, energetic defender, and, and dunker in Larry Nance Jr., who can basically do the same shit Tristan Thompson does, but he's probably more athletic. Kevin Love will be back. He has another three-point shooter who can space the floor around the hood. He has weapons now, and these guys were decent players on the teams they were at, so we'll see what happens with them. But, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Well, there's... um. The NFL Combine, that's going. I didn't even realize it was going on. I'm so out of touch with the NFL right now. But the Combine was cracking today, man. I think they did defensive linemen and linebackers today. And hopefully I didn't miss any of the skill positions because that's who I really want to see, especially the QBs. But, yeah, that's really all I got for sports. But I will do this since I don't have a lot of sports like I usually do. I'll give you guys a couple of my own sports stories. Embarrassing stories. Both of them, I feel like I was knocked out, <laughs> but I feel like it's worth uh, sharing. So back in the day when I was younger, in the 80s and 90s, when your parents had people come over, all the kids, hey, take y'all ass in the room, go do whatever. So my older cousin went with my brother in his room. My, my younger cousin went with me. So it's me and my little cousin, of course, and I don't know if our parents were walking boxing outside. I'm pretty sure they were playing space and drinking out in the front, whatever. But for some reason, me and Corey decided we going to box. <laughs> and what we did to make gloves, we put socks on our hands. And we just went and we was in there going at it, like just punching the shit out of each other. I, I, I mean, I, he was younger than me, and way smaller. So I knocked him down a couple of times. He got his ass right back on up and kept swinging. And when I tell you, this little motherfucker rocked me one time, I think I was fucking asleep on my feet. He hit me so motherfucking hard, I saw gray. Like, I was just dizzy for a second. 
And I had to be like, whoa, hold on, hold on. And, uh, you know, me being the older cousin, I tried to get back and, and get him a little harder and shit. But at the end of the day, man, like, yeah, he basically rocked. He knocked the shit out of me. He rocked my snock back, as my man Fast used to say. May he rest in peace. Well, yeah, little cousin rocked the shit out of me. I was, we was probably like eight and, I don't know how, he's probably eight. I was probably like nine or ten or some shit. But, yeah, he caught me slipping. I'll never forget that, though. Shout out to little cousin Corey, man. And uh, oddly enough, he was there at my other little sports highlight that I had. Where I feel like I got knocked the fuck out. But this is when I was, I think, definitely, I was definitely in middle school at the time. My older brother was in high school. I had, you know, I've been showing out, I seen in gym class on the flag football field, and I scored a few touchdowns and shit, and I was kind of feeling myself, man. I was, felt like I scored like six touchdowns or whatever. I was out there balling. So we're walking to the park, and I don't know if anybody listens to this. It's from Jacksonville, Florida, or whatever. But we're walking down Mill Road, if you know Jacksonville, Florida, and there's this elementary school, Lake Lucina. And uh, during certain parts of whatever season, they even have, if it's baseball season, they have the gates up. But if it's like soccer season, the field will be open. And I'm guessing this particular time of year, the field was open. So it was me, my older brother. I, I know Corey was there. And I want to say his brother Marcus was there. And my, I know my boy Weeks was there. So I want to say Marcus was the one throwing a rock where we out there, and he let that bitch go. So I'm out there, boom. I'm thinking I'm Michael Irvin, flashing back to my days or my my last week <laughs> at Fort Carolina Middle School, catching touchdowns and shit. So I'm running, and I take off, boom. I jump in the air. I leap. I feel like I'm up there for a long time, like I'm just gliding. And I catch the ball, and, I, and I'm going looking down so I can plant my feet. And as I go to look at the ground, all I see is my brother. Now, at this time, my brother was in high school. He was playing um, he was playing high school football at Terry Parker. And all these thoughts start going through my head on my way down. So my brother was a huge fan of Steve Atwater, the safety, NFL safety that played for the Denver Broncos. And I remember him watching this video. It was like NFL's greatest hits or whatever. And there's this clip of Steve Atwater coming through the middle and just rocking this safety. My brother must have watched that shit a million times. And as I see him coming towards me, that's all I can think about. Like, man, this is this nigga's moment, right? He's about to knock me the fuck out. And I look at him, and he's running. He has this big shitty grin on his face. And he just kind of lowers his head. And then it's like, boom. It's like explosion of humanity. And I just saw white. So, it's like, I felt like I woke up or some shit for a second, only to see my bro Weeks standing over me saying, you got knocked the fuck out. And I push him out the way, and I go to get up, and I spit out blood. So, I think everybody was kind of nervous for a second, but I actually just bit my tongue, because this motherfucker hit me so hard, my teeth clicked, and I bit my damn tongue. But I will, I will never forget that shit, like like, on the surface, it sounds like a terrible memory, but for a kid who grew up in the 80s and 90s, like, it's just, uh, for me, it's like a classic memory. If I talk about it, you know, they'll, if I talk to Corey or Steve, I know they'll definitely remember that shit. But I had to give y'all a little bit of something since I really didn't have any sports, man. But that was it, a classic story from your boy, man. I got I got laid out at Lake Lucene, the baseball field, with my older brother. <laughs> if you ever, if you're from Jacksonville, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, uh...
what else? So I want to talk to you guys about a few entertainment things, and sometimes I review, I'll review like a, a show or a podcast or an album or something. But this time I want to talk to you about a documentary I actually saw on Showtime. And this documentary was called Word is Bond. And it's about hip-hop writers and and how they feel about the process of writing their music. And there's a portion where they're talking about ghostwriters. Now, a lot of people, this can now, if you're a rapper, this can basically kill your career. People think you have somebody writing for you. Because you're a rapper, your talent should be your lyrics and your ability to recite your lyrics. That's how I always thought. But one of the OGs and legends of the game, Big Daddy Kane, who some of you guys may or may not know, legendary rapper from Brooklyn, they interviewed him and asked him about it. And his response was, if you're an artist, he feels like it's okay for you to have a, a ghostwriter or a team to help you write because your talent is performing the song and maybe you can you have a, a great controller and cadence, maybe you have the right delivery and voice to fit whatever the song is. So if a person is more like an artist, he really doesn't see an issue with it. But he said, if you're an MC, then you need to write your own lyrics. And I, I, I can agree. I'm kind of in the gray about the whole artist thing. It's like who, if like an MC, I can understand somebody helping you write a hook. That that I get. But for the cast of the MCs, I'm in 100% agreement with that. You got to write your own lyrics. I'm not, I'm not opposed to you, you going to a radio show and you got a written freestyle or a written verse. From my actual understanding of freestyle, didn't mean you off the top of your dome, I think it meant something. It was like a free form of rapping, not structured. A lot of us may have that wrong. But for like, if you one of these claim to be super lyrical people, you got to write your own shit, man. Like I said, if, you, if your homeboy's in the room, he's saying, hey, yo, instead of saying this, this, and this, flip that and say this, that'll sound dope. That's completely cool. I have no problem with that. But if you want these guys claiming you got more bars and than stripes from the zebra or some shit like that, think that's a cannabis a cannabis line, you gotta write your own shit. But I, overall, I think it's a pretty cool documentary. I think anytime that you have interest in a certain uh, industry and there's a way to see it, it works behind the scenes, I think it's dope if you check it out. So whether it be baking, they got cake balls. Whether you like uh, acting, you got the actor studio and shit like that. Whatever you're into, if you can see how, if you can kind of get into the creation process of it, I think it's dope. So if you like me, you like rap music, I definitely think Word is Bond is worth checking out, man. It was a, it was a dope documentary, and it, it kind of, um, it made me think about some of the people I've listened to in the past. Like, who wrote that? Was that them? Was that somebody else, man? I don't know. More entertainment. I actually have a question. This was the question I was going to ask you guys earlier. I'm going to compare two two movies, right? And it's not comparing how good the movies were, because I think both of them were super dope. But these two movies have are about black people from Africa being in America. But they're two completely different movies. So my the question I'm going to pose to you is this. What will go down as the bigger classic in black people movie history. You know, if I'm going to include everybody in this because everybody likes both of these movies. What will go down as the bigger classic? Black Panther or Coming to America? Now, I know it may sound crazy, but I just want you to, I want you to think about it for a second. Black Panther is rocking the world right now, breaking all types of records, having people want to do their Ancestry.com shit to see what African country they came from. 
all that. All great, all fantastic, right? But coming to America has been out for damn near 30 years. And if that shit comes on TV, I'm still stopping what I'm doing to watch it. Do you guys think that Black Panther will go down as a same at the same level? Now I know it's looking like it's shifting it's shifting the culture right now and it's making people appreciate the African roots more, which I think we should already be doing. But fuck it, it's great. I, I really I'm really into the fact that people are doing that. I was already kind of interested in doing my ancestry, but now I definitely want to do it to kind of see where I come from. So I I think the the movie is fantastic as far as far as what it's done for us resonating with our African roots. People like to laugh, man. And I'm looking at coming to America, laughing never gets old. So I'm not going to tell you what I what my pick is to this. I just want to see if anybody will respond to my question. What will go down as a bigger classic? And I know Coming to America is already a classic. But people are saying that Black Panther is an instant classic, which I'm in agreement with. But I just want to know what you think will go down as a bigger movie. Will it be Chadwick? Uh, will it be Eddie? Right? Will it be Killmonger? Or will it be Simi? Who knows, man? Who knows? And my loves, it's time for me to talk about the other situation. Miss Monique. <laughs> so, if you've been under a rock, Miss Monique came out and said something about Netflix lowballing her on the deal, only offering her $500,000. Now, to the average human being, that's a lot of fucking money. But Monique has been putting it down in Hollywood for a minute. In my eyes, Monique is a legend. Now, Monique is one of these comedians who, who's been there for the ride, right? She, she's done her part, she's expanded, and she done, she's done great things. But I'm, I'm not ready to put her on the same level as I do a, a Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock. So I didn't like that she um, threw their names out there and low-key involved them in this fucking mess. And I really don't like how she came at Charlemagne the God over his Dunk of the Day comment. And I'm getting to that because anybody who knows what The Breakfast Club is, it is a, uh, a huge platform for black people in entertainment, politics, um, shit, even astrophysicists been over been on that show. It's just a huge platform for anything you want to promote. The Breakfast Club is the place to go. Like, if you're going to go do late night shows and promote your stuff on late night shows, if you if you have any segment of the population, I mean, if you have any piece of art or entertainment or whatever you want to call it, if anything you do hits the black segment, you need to go to the Breakfast Club because that's where, that's just, it's just the hub right now. They're so hot. They're so consistent with what they do. It's the hub. They're on like they're on three platforms. They're on, they're on podcasts. They're on YouTube where they, you can see the visuals and like they're nationally syndicated. I think globally syndicated on the radio. Now on this show, Charlemagne the God has a section he does, or um, what the fuck is that shit called? What do you call it? Section, segment, whatever. He has a segment. He has a segment he does what's called Don't Care Today. So for this particular situation, he gave Monique Don't Care Today. She didn't like that. But Charlemagne backed up what he 
why he did with facts. Like you, the entertainment business is a what have you done for me lately business. So if Amy Schumer is selling out arenas, Chris Rock has been on tour, and Dave Chappelle has had like 1,500 dates, they're relevant. They're more relevant. And I'll never say that Monique is irrelevant because she did her thing and Roscoe Jenkins and all that shit. Every movie she's been in, she's shown. She's shown and improved. She's done her job. But that was then, unfortunately, that is not now. And Amy Schumer, who I don't really fuck with at all, but um, Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle have been putting that work. So you can't put yourself on that level. Now, if Netflix came and saw you perform, like you said in this interview, and they hit you with what they hit you with, then that's their number. Now, if you didn't renegotiate or you didn't want to be pigeon-held to where you couldn't perform on TV for two years because that's going to slow your income down, then you walk away. You walk away and you handle, you handle your business another type of way. For me, it's highly irresponsible of you to air this shit out publicly and then get mad when you get called dunk of the day. Your manager your, or your husband, your husband slash manager should have been able to tell you that. Like, baby, I know you're good at what you do. You're great and I believe with you. I believe in you, but we got to go another way. My question is, why did she not put this into her stand-up? She could have put this in her set, worked around it, and then went on the road and toured this shit. And then you have your art speaking for you and not you going on the internet. And I don't know if she doesn't know what viral is. She's a little older. I'm going, I'm going to say the internet was a generation after her. So I don't know if she really knows what a viral is. But what she basically did when she went on there and said that stupid shit about Netflix, she basically picked a fight with the internet. And everybody knows the internet is un the internet is undemotherfucking-feated. There's these people that live on the internet called trolls, and they wait for people, especially famous people, to say and do stupid shit. And that's exactly what she did, because how, like, my G, how dare you tell black people to boycott Netflix because of race and gender bias when they're paying a black woman like $100 million? You have black people with shows on Netflix they probably couldn't get on the network, and that's their only out. So why the hell would you tell somebody to boycott them? That's selfish and childish. And that makes me feel like you really don't understand the power of this internet thing. Because why would you go and why would you go online and do that? And then what you also do is you go to the breakfast club and you try to insult the person you feel insulted you, but you try to insult one of the, the masters of mass media right now. Charlemagne the God is a fucking pro when it comes to this shit. He worked his way up from the radio circuit. He's like a podcast genius. He's working on TV shows. For you to go on to the breakfast club and try to play him and compare him to the slave and birth of a nation about how he took his wife in and then to the master's house so she can have sex and then brought her back, that's disrespectful because this man has a family. This man has daughters. For you to say that shit is just flat out disrespectful because he didn't agree with your fucked up narrative. You could have let your art speak for yourself and made your way that way and then maybe a different network would have fucked with you. So how do you complain about being blackballed, go online, try to tell people to boycott a whole streaming service, 
and then expect people to come and fuck with you. Like, what, what did you expect to happen? Now you probably can't even get the lower offer. Because if somebody else lowballed you, and that's the highest offer you had, once they see you going shit on the best offer you had on the internet, why would any other service want to fuck with you? And then you have the opportunity to go on one of the biggest platforms for black entertainment, The Breakfast Club, and talk to one of the biggest people in black media, Charlemagne, who could have probably helped you from the jump. Like, does she not know that this man is executive producing TV shows? Is helping other people with their podcasts? He, the Bodega Boys, Jesus and Meryl have a show on Vice. Charlemagne has something to do with that. Charlemagne's helping um, Nori, the, the rapper Noriega, who has a podcast called Drink Chaps. He helped him with his show. Then he had his own show, Uncommon Sense. And his own podcast, The Brilliant, the Brilliant Idiots. So this is a man that's making moves. So instead of you going on there and shitting on this man, you can reach out to him and like, hey, I can understand in a private, hey, I, I don't like that you call me that, whatever, cool. Since you have this, this game master, can you help me out on how to communicate with this new generation? Because once you jump on the internet, you're automatically talking to a majority of the audience is going to be way younger than you. So all that Monique legend shit, they don't want to hear it. Netflix is a young person's game. So when you shit on their streaming service, you kind of played yourself. Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Charlemagne and all, and all the shit he does behind the scenes and how he, and just how he moved to the industry. And he took his, took his L's. He got fired from the radio show and then bounced back and is on the biggest, probably one of the, big, the biggest urban radio show in the country. So I'm just not seeing where your where your um where your help came at this who your, who your who was with you and and how they didn't help you with this and how you went on and reinforced the narrative about you being difficult to work with because you showed your ass when you went there and called that man by his government name in that condescending manner and, it, and I feel a certain way because I'm I'm a fan I like I like what she does in movies I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of her stand up which I don't think they're bad. She's just a comedian I like to see in movies more than I like to see in stand-up. I don't know, man. If you're going to hate, then you should team up with Faison Love so y'all can hate together and continue your mediocrity instead of hating on people like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle who've been getting it done for 20-plus years and they earned their legend status. Maybe she'll learn from this. It's going to be interesting to see where she goes from here, man. Me, personally, I don't see her going anywhere with anywhere but down after this because you got to think about who's going to want to work with her she could have did segments and put the shit out on video on her own you better start a, a podcast a youtube channel or something because you could have completely avoided all this bullshit now you out here doing cleanup but uh like dre said we gonna see we gonna see what you do i just don't see it working out that well and on that unfortunate note I'm going to go ahead and shut this down, man. But I appreciate anybody who's listening. Please, like I always say, if you got anything you want me to talk about, let me know. Don't be like Monique. Don't try to, don't put me on blast on the internet and tell people to bulk out my podcast and shit. Because one thing you're doing is wasting fucking time. And time is a debt you can't pay back, my friend. Like, once you lose time, that shit is gone. You lose a day, it's a wrap. You're not getting that day back. So don't don't get yourself in, in debt like Monique did. Now she gotta try to hustle hustle backwards to get all the shit that she just lost by complaining about the biggest opportunity she had. So if you wanna contact me, 
As always, no playing this right at gmail.com, all lowercase, no play 247 on Twitter, capital N, lowercase O, capital P, L A Y. Hit me up. I don't give a shit if you tell me how your day went. Help me grow my Twitter following, retweet my shit, share my stuff, holler at me, let me know how to improve. Always make the day better than the last one, make the day after today really swell learn something and remember time is a debt you can't pay back peace